Good evening, Boston. Welcome to BNN News. I'm Faith Mafedon. Thanks for tuning in. This week on BNN News, we start with the residents of Chelsea and East Boston, who rallied against no-fault evictions. Outside the Chelsea District Court Monday morning, renters from the Chelsea and East Boston Tenant Associations rallied to fight against no-fault evictions issued by landlords Grid Management and Broadway Capital. This is the latest development in the ongoing battle for affordable housing. In 2017, tenants received their first no-fault eviction letter after Grid Management bought their building. Three families fought back only to find themselves in the same position January this year when they received their second no-fault eviction letter. Tenants are demanding basic apartment repairs, reasonable rent increases, and multi-year leases for stability. I feel really terrible because we don't know what to do with our children. Where are we going to go? There are not low income. Uh, homes anywhere available, and these people are trying to evict us so they can charge more rent to the next tenants. It's the most vulnerable families that are at risk with small children, um, with these rent hikes, out-of-control prices, and no-fault evictions. They have nowhere to go, so literally we're looking at mass displacements for families um, in our communities. Is just pricing people out, just telling people to leave so that they can build new condos or luxury units that have no regard for the community that's already there and that are already raising the rents for people who are already living in bad conditions. It's very unethical and there's no regard for the human life that's already there. Tenants emerged from Chelsea Court with an additional 30 days to hear answers. Next, we visit the commuters of Boston in the aftermath of the Orange Line shutdown. You don't know what you have until it's gone. It's a brand new world as Boston commuters close in on the first full week without the Orange Line, seeing less of this and more of this. As shuttle stops, shuttles and biking become the norm in the city, the MBTA is doing the hard work of ensuring the new Orange Line is worth the wait. If you're taking a new route to work, spending more time in the car, or getting back on a bike, you're not alone. BNN News checked in on residents to see how they're faring with the new changes. It seems like it's going surprisingly well. Uh, the shuttle drivers are actually pretty nice, and the crosswalk people are helping. Um, you know, it adds 10 minutes, 20 minutes to a commute, but if they're serious about the T being better, after 30 days, I guess it's worth it. It's super inconvenient. Normally my commute would be around 30 minutes, 25. Now it's probably like an hour, 25 minutes. The closest green line is like 30 minutes biking away. So it's pretty terrible actually. I don't think I'm gonna be going into work the majority of the week. It wasn't that bad. I thought it was gonna be a lot worse when I first uh, heard about this. I thought it was gonna be much more of an inconvenience. And so far, this is my first time um, getting into work and it's been on time it's been uh, the buses were there as soon as I got to the stop and now I'm here it took almost a little bit longer than usual but not too bad it's kind of been the, the line that I've depended on for my couple of months of living here so far so it's a little bit of a disruption and my job starts today <laughs> I'm just glad they're taking care of the problems really 
In more transportation news, on Tuesday, the Massachusetts Department of Transportation, MassDOT, announced a new online survey to kick off the second phase of public engagement for the 2050 statewide long-range transportation plan, entitled Beyond Mobility. Community members across the state are encouraged to help continue to craft the plan by submitting feedback through the online survey tool. The survey, which is offered in all major languages spoken in Massachusetts, is available at the following link mass.gov forward slash service dash details forward slash beyond dash mobility dash survey. Meanwhile, on the waterfront, Boston Green Fest, the signature event of the local nonprofit Foundation for a Green Future, returned for an all-in-person festival on how to save our planet. Boston Green Fest returned for its 15th year last Friday through Sunday at the Greenway in Christopher Columbus Park. The three-day multicultural environmental music festival educates and empowers residents on sustainability and creating a healthier world. This year's theme, Renew, Restore, Regenerate, resonated deeply with Dr. Karen Weber Salamanca, executive director, founder, and organizer of Boston Green Fest. Renew, Restore, Regenerate is recycling, recircling, and we have to appreciate our own circle going from the earth becoming life, going back to earth, and all the living beings that connect to that, and how important our water, our, our soil, our biodiversity, and our connections with each other, how much that supports our ability to breathe every day. From 12 to 6 p.m. each day, the Greenfest stage showcased a variety of performers, including indigenous artists from honoring the sacred circle. Vendors filled the Greenway and Columbus Park trellis with green products, art, and food. But Saturday's Echo Fashion Show was the crowning jewel, featuring five designer lines with sustainability at their core. The materials that I use are onion bags, as you can see. Uh, I get it from Market Basket in Somerville and sometimes from Star Market in Port Square. And they are just pieces cut off, cleaned up, and made it into treasure. Designer Consuelo Perez not only included her daughters, Tatiana and Gisela, in her show, but had an important message of inclusion. And it's an opportunity for other people, the community, parents who have a special needs child, to see that they have um, skills, they, have, they are valuable the skills, and not to hide their kids at home. So don't be shy, especially for the parents, you know. The fashions delighted the crowd, as well as the models. My favorite aspect of this whole outfit is the skirt because I just like, I love to dance and this is like what I use to dance. And I just think it's so beautiful and the materials and it's very well made. But you don't have to be a designer to make a difference. Lichutens matter. Every single drop to the ocean makes the ocean, right? So if you're gonna say, if you really want to start a sustainable line today, Start small. Start, you can start from just, you know, a recycled button, um, you know, recycled pieces. And it goes a long way and you can advance from those areas, basically. It's up to all of us to do our part to preserve the earth. We're at an important juncture right now. And they should recognize that it's not a time to be fearful. It's a time to be innovative, inspiring, motivated. Use it as, as an opportunity to make the changes that they need to make in their lives.
and their communities and think about you know not just I mean solar and all the green tech is wonderful not everyone has to go that route not everyone has the means to do that but we can do simpler things like plant a garden use compost um, you know think about nature in a different way get out and take a walk we turn now to Fenway, which welcomed a new venue to the block this week. This is love is ended before it's begun. Music has never sounded sweeter at the new state-of-the-art MGM Music Hall in Fenway. The latest venue on the iconic Lansdowne Street with a 5,000 guest capacity held its grand opening on Monday. Boasting four levels of seating with removable ground floor seats for general admission, an 80-foot wide by 40-foot deep stage, three lounge areas, and plenty of sleek areas to eat and enjoy drinks, MGM Music Hall does not disappoint. With its gorgeous brick exterior and stunning LED lights, MGM Music Hall is right at home. Acoustically and visually, you're standing in Boston's most amazing musical venue. It's a state-of-the-arts home created thanks to a terrific effort by a group of people who are determined to create the finest experience to see and hear the future of music in a historic location next to Fenway Park. We had a vision, Don, to bring music and Fenway together. And today we realize our collective dream of connecting music and baseball and this beautiful ballpark for a new generation of artists and fans alike. I'm incredibly grateful to the leadership of this organization for seeing beyond what had already been going so well for many, many generations and traditions and history of a beloved ballpark right in the heart of the city that you chose to keep right in the heart of our city and building even more to ensure that we are also setting that same foundation for decades and generations of memories, of economic possibility, and of the city's identity and community with this contribution to arts and culture, which will make a mark nationally. When we come back from a break, we'll meet two Ukraine natives making a difference here in Boston and back at home. America, land of the free. It's at the core of who we are. Freedom. The freedom to live without fear. To drive through all 50 states. To sleep safely in our own beds. The freedom to jog where we please. To watch birds in the park. To wear a hoodie. The freedom to breathe. Before we celebrate the freedom most Americans have, we must fight for the freedom all Americans deserve. Because no matter your religion, gender, disability, age, race, all lives can't matter until black lives matter. Wednesday, August 24th, was Ukraine Independence Day, marking 31 years since Ukraine declared independence from the USSR.
During this bittersweet time, Ukraine natives Olga Lisovskaya and Natasha Sky, co-founders of Sky Philanthropy, have been providing aid to the people of Ukraine since the breakout of the war. They've also organized the first Ukraine festival and Independence Day event in Boston happening this weekend. I sat down with these remarkable women to learn more about their efforts and the beauty of their culture. Here's the interview. Uh, so you're here today as co-founders of Sky Philanthropy. But before we talk about that, I would love our BNN viewers to get to know you both as, as people. Uh, so Olga, I'd love to start with you. Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself, your passions, your journeys? Um, and we'll, we'll move next to, to you, Natasha. Thank, Thank you. you, Faith, so much. I am a professional opera singer. I've done a lot of productions, uh, opera productions, as well as classical concerts, including at Carnegie Hall. I've uh, founded um, several nonprofit organizations, including Music Arts and Fashion Productions, which is part of the Ukrainian festival that we're going to be talking about. And I'm so thrilled and excited to be partnering with Natasha in two organizations, which is Sky International Center um, and largest international network of people here in the New England area and as a co-founder of Sky Philanthropy. So my passion is, you know, helping people and helping people through music. It's my specialty and I love teaching uh, voice to all different um, levels of children and adults from professionals to amateurs and it just gives me great great pleasure to do that and uh, Natasha please tell me about yourself so my passion um, is specifically for Boston and what brought me to this wonderful city is architectural school I am definitely in love with interior design and uh, architecture that's why I came here from Ukraine. My first education is from Kiev University in art and journalism, just like you, Faith. So I have admiration for journalists. That's a tough job. And um, I, when I came to the United States, I have quickly understood that my English is never going to be as great as yours, even though I'm a passionate journalist. But I guess my passion, I have few passions. If it's a, you know, if I can say Renaissance, time that I miss it, it would be the truth. <laughs> I love people who are multi-talented and who are not stopping at one profession. So I, at one point I decided to move from journalism to the architecture and design. And I am a developer in Boston for the last past 20 years. It's not a typical female profession, but I admire and love it. Besides investment um, and love for the social network, uh, that just comes from journalism face like you have it. When you love people, you can't stop loving them, even if they hurt you. <laughs> mm. So it's not a choice. It's really, we are who we are. I understand that I'm an entrepreneur, a social network um, connector, but I also have a passion to help others when they're in need. So when Olga and I met, we both understood that we're Ukrainians, we're resilient. We knew why we moved to the United States. The aggression from Russia in the past bothered both of us. We were seeking the democratic country and we love our people and our culture and we love this country. So our goal is to create goodness and we created philanthropy company without even asking each other. Just the next day, 
We woke up and we said there was a war in Ukraine. We know it's going to be a tough thing. So we established this company and waited for our philanthropy paperwork to be established. Everything was established and we started pretty much helping Ukraine from day number one, from February 24th. Even though we were involved before heavily from 2014 when the world saw the aggression, I believe face that there's no man is an island. You know, we just imagined if our kids would be there, it would be horrible. We're both mothers. We care deeply for people who struggle. We've never seen Ukraine in such a tough position. So this was not a choice. <laughs> it was basically like you wake up, you drink water because you need to. We need to help people who are in need. That's why we're doing this festival and uh, Sky Philanthropy. Absolutely. Um, true Renaissance women before me. And when you were called to action, you felt moved to do something. Um, and thank you. Uh, since we started talking a little bit about uh, Sky Philanthropy, would you mind telling us more about the mission and the work that you've been able to do since founding it? Since 2014, we've been helping mostly um, children in need and orphans in Ukraine. And when the war started on February 24th, I will never forget this date. I will never forget my reaction to what was happening. I was calling my mom, my, my brother, who were in Kiev in Ukraine, and telling them what is going on, guys. I see CNN is um, reporting there are explosions in my home city. It is a terrible, terrible thing that is happening, and we completely condemn the actions of the Russian state. And just as Natasha said, we woke up the next morning, although we probably didn't even go to sleep, <laughs> yeah, with the phone in our hand, yeah. checking every two minutes, seeing what's happening. We said, okay, we've got to do something um, now. And many, many people from our social network, from our friends and family, they reached out to us immediately. They said, mm -hmm. guys, how can we help? And we just absolutely had no other path in front of us but to launch into a full um, humanitarian aid mode. Natasha's home got turned into a storage. Wow. Uh, we've, it, it, yeah. it was uh, like garage. hundreds and hundreds and thousands of pounds of donations of medical, medical supplies. Aid, yeah. We've shipped over 30,000 pounds of medical supplies, clothing and uh, food, and we've donated um, over $100,000 in you know, medical supplies, in, 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 cash, in, in yeah. cash and shippings. And this is all thanks to uh, our friends, family, and people who are in, not indifferent, who are really, really supportive of Ukraine. And, Living in this country, in the United States, it's really a gift and a blessing to us. And we see on the streets so much support. Yesterday, the Independence Day, uh, Ukraine's Independence Day, I was walking down the street in my Ukrainian folk costume going to the uh, flag raising ceremony. Everybody now knew that it was Ukrainian. Mm -hmm. And everybody was supportive, even though I've been doing this for over 12 years, singing <laughs> like wow. a national anthem, going to the flag raising ceremonies. And before people were like, oh, so she's dressed up. Now everybody understands what we, what this costume, the Shavanka, the embroidered or the blue and yellow colors, what they stand for. It's hard to believe that it's been six months of, of war. And 
You know, when we do talk about war, it's, it's easy to forget that there are actual human beings being affected, and we must never lose sight of that. So, again, thank you for the work that you're doing. Uh, what would you like people to understand about the situation that's happening in Ukraine? Ooh, that's a loaded question, yeah. yes. <laughs> Where do we start, from politics or from the Ukrainian resistance? Um, from my perspective, Olga, I really would like for people locally to understand that Ukrainians are united as ever, and they're humble professionals, people who are very peaceful, just like people in Boston. Everybody's professional people are incredibly um, resilient, and they are strong by spirit. Um, however, they do need help. Well, I mean, this is the reason why we're doing Ukrainian festival, the first festival ever in Boston that is this magnitude that we will have over 3,000 people on this Saturday from 2 to 8 p.m. at Boston University Beach. Um, the reason we're doing it is to raise funds for Ukrainians. It's really hard, even for us Ukrainians, to look at the war every day and understand that whatever we do feels like a drop in the water. Five to six million people were displaced in the very first two months of, of Ukrainian invasion, of Russian invasion in Ukraine. This is not an easy thing to hear. Every day somebody calls us, we need house to live, we need place to work, we need help for my children, we need money for the surgery. It's like a nonstop um, conversation, humanitarian, humanitarian need. Yes. But so what we would love to ask anybody, if they can help in any capacity, your help, even spreading the word, is important. To see that Ukraine is not just what you see right now all the time, the images on CNN. Yes, that's the reality, unfortunately, but we do want to see people enjoying what Ukraine is and what Ukraine will be as soon as yes. this, as soon as we win. <laughs> and we don't have any doubts that we win. Ukrainians are much stronger in spirit people than many people that I know because we are exactly Central Europe and Ukraine had wars in the past mm -hmm. and it won successfully. This is where the Germans were stopped. So, and you will be able to see beautiful Ukrainian dance, the performances. Try opera. delicious Ukrainian food. Kids yeah. games. We're going to have huge prismka, like the dinosaur act that artists <laughs> created. Uh, to, for children to finish this egg, uh, painting. And then we will have fashion show. Oh. We will have a DJ. Excellent musicians coming, refugees coming from Ukraine. We have to a sing. lot of refugees. And also yeah. we are putting together crafts, a, yeah, yeah. crafts yeah. and a huge chorus, international chorus from all different peoples who are welcome to come and sing Ukrainian national anthem with us on the stage. Oh. So, And we are easily reachable at www.skyphilanthropy.org and the webpage for the Sky International Center is myskyic.com MySky International Center abbreviation and we would love to hear any comments for you, any advice any collaborations were open we definitely uh, just two Ukrainian <laughs> Ukrainians for um, Connecting all of the Ukrainian communities, so we would love for everybody to participate. Ukrainian and international communities. And international, we, yeah. Well, so we invite you.
For Talk of the Town, we have two great festivals happening this weekend. The inaugural Ukraine Festival and Independence Day is this Saturday from 2 to 8 p.m. at BU Beach, 270 Bay State Road. Enjoy an outdoor summer concert, public social dance, Ukrainian baked goods, kids' activities, vendors' grove, arts and crafts displays, bazaar, live reenactments from Ukrainian history, and Ukrainian hospitality and more. You heard it from the ladies Natasha and Olga. And we also have the 49th annual Boston Carnival Parade. It is back. It is also this Saturday, and it's ready for the road. So you can enjoy some soca, carnival, all of that good stuff, uh, traditional festivities, and Boston Carnival bands. The parade route moves through Martin Luther King Boulevard and up Warren Street down Blue Hill Avenue, ending at Franklin Park. Attendees can enjoy Jouvert at Millet Street and Talbot Ave at 5 a.m. and again at 1 p.m. for the, the later risers for Moss Carnival Parade at Martin Luther King Boulevard. Thank you for tuning in, Boston. As a reminder, you can stream or watch the news on demand at bnnmedia.org. Each broadcast will be rebroadcast live at 9.30 p.m. and 11 p.m. on Xfinity Channel 9, RCN Channel 15, and Fios Channel 2161. For BNN News, I'm Faith Maffedon. I'll see you next Friday for BNN News This Week.